0: little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. And so for those who are ministering to people, do not get in the middle and run around the same track with people who will not and refuse to focus on Jesus. You are wasting your time. You're wasting their time. You're enabling. You're helping them stay off track. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you this because so much of the church is on the wrong track because they want to help people. And they're just enabling people to depend on them instead of look and focus on Jesus. This race is about enduring by focusing on Jesus. I love how it says it here. He is the initiator and the perfecter of your faith faith starts with him and it matures with him oh this is so good are y'all getting this so if you're ministering to someone and you let them keep drawing you back into their problems and drawing you back into their poor me's and drawing you back into all their mess and let me say this for those who know ooh. That's me. I draw people. I, try to, I want everybody to look at my mess and problems, okay? Nobody is helping you who does that. And they will eventually get tired of you. And they want, what happened? Because you just wasted a truckload of their time. And you haven't changed. Can I get an amen? I'll take that amen. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? So when you are ministering to people, even in your own children, even with friends, even in our, when we get in small groups, you have to have your focus in your race on Jesus. My race isn't about how many of you are following me. If I'm really racing the race he has, you're not following me. You've got your own track. Uh, you get your own race. And, and you got your own race. And you got your own race. And everybody's running towards Jesus. Everybody's running towards Jesus. Everybody's running towards Jesus. Covering doctrine makes you run towards a person. We're not going to get into that. But that's a really big spirit of error. That's going to come down before the, the apostolic movement is going to hit Only in places where the covering doctrine has been exposed and destroyed. God is not going to share his glory. He's not going to give his power and authority to people who are going to use it to have people follow them. And I'm just saying amen to that. It's one of the biggest things that God has told me that what he's given me is to bring down so that people can start running their races. Most people aren't running their races. Most people are following somebody who's running their race. Can I get an amen? And you you live, you live. As if you're running a race when actually you're just running behind somebody else who's running. Oh, look what they did. Oh, look where they're going. Oh, look what they're doing. And then you think it's you. And that leads to pretended faith, which we will talk about at another another session. Amen? All right. So if, mm, okay, I'm going to just walk over here. If tomorrow when you get up and your little life starts, well, it's just, should have life all night long, amen. But, but, but now, you're, now your feet are on the ground, not in the bed. And instantly you're thinking about poor you or sick you or you're so tired of this or this and that. You were in the wrong race. And that's why you're not getting anywhere. It's not because God's word isn't true, it's not because there's not power in the word. It's not because it hasn't been done, it's a finished work. It's because you're not even in the right race, even though you're born again. So you have to choose when you get up to run that you're going to focus on Jesus. He's the one who initiated this thing and he's the one who's going to finish it. He's the one who's going to perfect you he's the one who's going to make you into what he wants you to be for his glory and his purposes and he is the God of the individual as well as the God of the whole body and when we all run this race the way he wants us to run it eventually we will be one in Christ we got to really realize there's a race and quit hopping up and down thinking we're going to be raptured tomorrow without a perfected bride anywhere close in sight Amen. God doesn't use terminology like at the very end of all this stuff. In the midst of it, the bride saying, come Lord Jesus, come. He wouldn't use such a powerful, intimate image as a bride and a bridegroom. If it wasn't really important. Amen. It's very apostolic. It's going to take all the different things that God's restoring to his church to begin to pe- put people in position to be perfected to a powerful relationship with God and an intimate, powerful relationship with God that's going to cause them to let go of weights and sin and become who he wants them to be. And all the focus is going to be him. Amen? And, and so that's where we're hitting. That's, that's the season of... This sorrows, the, this time in history that's been written in the book of Revelations that Jesus self, himself talked about, that's what he is going to use. Amen? He's going to use it to bring us into that place of perfection. Count it all joy, your various trials. He's not kidding. Amen? These scriptures aren't, these are part of the whole picture. These are part of the whole picture. And he's going to have the whole picture, no matter what little part you want to hold on to. He's going to do it according to his word. And he gives different teachers, different parts, and different prophets, different parts, different apostles, different parts. He gives different parts. And we have to begin to have ears to hear, who is God using and revealing? And then you pull those parts together by the Holy Spirit to be made mature. Amen? No one has it all. And if someone thinks they do, they're immature. Amen. All right. Focusing. So I want you to begin to seriously ask Holy Spirit to help you to focus on this Jesus. I want to see Yeshua. I want to think about Jesus. I want my wife to be about Jesus. I want God to get the glory. I want to glorify Jesus. I want to lift Jesus up. I want you to have to change the way you're thinking and choose to do that. Amen? So that you can run this race. So when you get up tomorrow, like, oh, here we go again, another day. No, you get up tomorrow and you say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to glorify you today. Today is not going to be just an okay day. Today is going to be an awesome day where God is glorified. Today is going to be a day where the joy of the Lord overtakes me. Today is not going to be just another day till I get past all this. And I wish somebody would help me and get me out of this. It's like, don't you get it? You'll never be out of this. You're in the race. The whole purpose of the race is to be perfected into who Christ wants you to be to glorify him. Not who your flesh wants you to be or who the world can be who doesn't know him and didn't have a problem yet. Amen? We got to understand the kingdom. We got to understand what he's about. He is about an eternal reward. Not an earthly reward. He's about, look. mm, mm. If the parable where Jesus talks about only half the virgins get in to the bride. To the wedding supper. And if by chance he actually means that. Which I believe he does. Then that means in this race. Especially for in the end times when all these things are happening and the bride's getting ready to say, We're ready, Lord, you know, come, Lord Jesus. Do, you don't want to miss out on that awesome wedding supper of the Lamb because you won't run this race focused on Jesus. Not focused on you. Focused on Jesus. Not focused on your issues. Focused on Jesus. Not focused on those things in your life that aren't comfortable. Can I get an amen? It'd be really sad. If you can't stop focusing on you and your problems. And if he does come in the the days that we're living. And you don't. Uh, make it to that Supper of the Lamb because you wouldn't focus on Jesus. Mm. You are going to start counting it joy. Amen? Amen? And if your is suffering is so bad with sickness or whatever, it's not because you're being picked on. It's because you've been in the wrong race and you've sown the wrong seeds. And you haven't seen Jesus. And whatever the devil did to get you in that place and kick your behind, you haven't put him under your feet. Amen? Mm. I'm not running a race running away from the enemy. (laughs) And I'm not running a race running to the enemy. Everything in my race has to do with Jesus Christ. And Satan is under my feet. Amen? And if he's not under your feet, it's because of the weights and the entanglements. Which you need to start asking Holy Spirit to help you to get free from. Amen? And once again, we got tons of teaching on this in our mentorship, our partnership, or on YouTube channel, and on our beautyfragist.org. And for those who are ministering to people and you're just getting the light bulb, oh, I don't want to keep enabling. I want to really help people getting their own race. I don't want people making me feel good about my race. And I'm not talking about skin color. (laughs) Amen. Where's race in the Bible? Right here. Amen. (laughs) All right for the joy set before him. All right, let's get what he says and and get the whole picture, not just a part of it. Focusing on the Lord, the initiator and perfecter of your faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. All right, his race included the cross. He handled it for the joy set before him. He disregarded the shame And he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. All right. I remember when I saw for the joy set before him. I said, Lord, what was this joy set before you that caused you to endure this race, which included horrific suffering, the taste in hell, the grave, just the most horrific, horrific suffering anyone in all history has ever gone through. What on earth was the joy set before you? Well, we see that he sits at the right hand of the Father, but that wasn't really, he, he had that position in heaven before he became the Word, became flesh, and dwelt among us, right? He was the creator, he came forth from the Father, he created everything that there is. He's God, amen? So, so the joy set before him didn't have to do with seat, being seated at the right hand of the Father. He's always been one with the Father. So, so the Lord showed me. So the Lord said, well, what's the first thing that happened when I said it's finished? And you, and this is appropriate to be teaching because we're right here at, at um, the week when Jesus was walking through all this. This is right before Resurrection Sunday when I'm teaching this. And he showed me the veil was torn in the, in the temple, right? when he said it's finished, there was an earthquake and the veil was torn. And he said, and he said it's finished. And that veil represented separation of God's people from fellowship with God. That's what that, that in the temple, you had, you know, I'm not going to get the whole thing, but you had to go into the temple. You had to be made perfect. The, The priests who were Selected to go in there for for the priestly duties, had have bells on their, around their robes. And that way, if they dropped, they had a uh, rope tied to their foot. So if they went in and dropped dead because they did something wrong in there, it's sin, they had to pull them out because nobody was allowed to go there. And it was for real. And the Lord showed me, He, the joy set before Him, was tearing that veil. That came in with the sin of of Adam. That separated God's people from God's presence. That was the joy. He said, I did all of this to be with you. I did all of this to be with my people. I did all of this for the family that me and my father want from the human race. Wow. Wow. He went through all of this for us. He didn't do it for the Father. He didn't do it, uh, you know, for angels. Yes, the Father wanted it too because the Father and Christ are one. It was their will. It was their plan. Amen. But the goal of the whole thing was to have a relationship with us, not a religion. Not so we could have a relationship with religious people. Not so that we could follow other people. Not so that we could carry the books. (laughs) Of a minister and say, if I carry their books, I'm going to get their anointing. None of that is in Scripture, New Covenant at all. I think everybody needs to get in the New Covenant and read what really happened and read how Jesus really ministered and look at him to see what ministry looks like. He washed the feet of His disciples. He cleaned up the mess. After a powerful conference. Amen. And sent them on. Because they were tired. He then went and prayed. And spent hours hanging out with God. The Father. And talking to the Father. About the awesome meeting they just had. And if you're going to minister. Then you should see some of that in your life. You should see that you want your staff or God's staff, and you want them to go and take a break. You should see that God's going to have you honor the people who are being led by God to help with things, amen? And you're going to see this heart that when the ministry's over, and it could be a big meeting, you can't even go to sleep because you want to hang out with the Father, amen? And anybody who's really walked into ministry, even, even if as you start to walk out and have these small group meetings or start to do what the Lord shows you, there's going to be this excitement that you can't wait to go share with God. Even though he's there doing it or it wasn't real. Amen? Okay, so Jesus shows us what ministry looks like. He shows us what real ministry looks like. He shows us the heart. Look how messed up all this is with this um, doctrines you know of spiritual father and I carry their books and if I do this oh people so abuse and use their callings and anointing sometimes to control and lord it over others and God's going to clean all that up amen and most of that comes out of the covering doctrine but anyhow all right he disregarded the shame he went through the whole cross the pain the humiliation the shame and because he went through all this, he has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, remember, before he took his seat at the right hand of the throne of God, right? He was in God. He's not a human being that then earned a place in heaven that people mispreach. He's God who chose through the divine plan before the foundation of the world to redeem mankind back into fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who, who is God. Amen. And so the reason I believe he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, he is now Lord. In other words, he has earned the honor by coming and redeeming mankind to be the Lord over mankind which Satan had stolen that authority from, from Satan. I mean, Satan has stolen that authority from Adam when Adam disobeyed God. Jesus, as the second Adam, went back and won that authority back. Now, here's the key. He won that back. He's sitting on that throne at the right hand of the Father. Ever what? Praying and interceding for us. Why? Because when he went, ascended, To heaven to send the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go. That my father could send the Holy Spirit. When he did that. He said wait until power comes on you. The Holy Spirit. He gave us his authority. He took the authority that Adam had lost. For all of mankind. Adam in his sin and rebellion. Lost the authority over the 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 world amen over the kingdoms over demons over the whole thing he lost that authority Jesus came back as the second Adam without sin paid the price for our sins and he got that authority back amen but as he ascended into heaven and he told them you know to wait till they were endued with power they didn't know what all that meant they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit they didn't really know what all that meant they knew who the Holy Spirit was but at this point he says, he gives them authority in scripture. He goes, now he's giving us authority. He basically took authority back that belonged to all mankind that Adam lost, right? He took it back as a man, as the son of man. I'm not going to get into all that. We have teaching on that. But he took it. He had to win it as the son of man. So he had to be in flesh. Amen. He had to be in flesh. But he he qualified As a human being, because we were made in his image and his likeness, and he took on himself a flesh or dirt body. So he had a soul, a body, and a spirit. And he was, that made him human, but he was always God. We will never be God. Amen? But we are made in the image of God. God has given us authority. The authority we need on this planet to see revival. The authority we need on this planet to overcome evil. The authority we need on this planet to run that race. Amen? And so Jesus gave us that authority. Take your authority. If you're running this race and you're looking at Jesus as the author and the finisher of this race, right? As the one who's the perfecter. He's the everything in this. He's like, look at me, see me, use your authority, Take authority over sickness. Take authority over this I mean the devil. But plead the blood of Christ over this. Use your weapons of warfare. Put on your armor. Come on, guys, run this. Ooh, this is so good. We are seeing him because he's the one telling us what to do. But if we're under covering doctrine, we're looking for a person to tell us what to do. So well, you're telling us what to do. No, I'm anointed right now by the Holy Spirit to get your eyes on Jesus and into the Word and hear what the Spirit is saying and not what people are just saying. Amen? I'm preaching with authority. The authority of Christ. The authority to say, get up and run this race. I'm telling you, as those who are going to minister, and though aren't you tired if you're one of the, oh, God, why don't you take me home? Oh, God. You're not, okay, devil, so I'll get to kill him. Okay, oh, why not? I'm so, I'm always sick. Oh, God, I get to make him sick. Who is the author and the finisher of your faith? You need to Repent. Okay, you need to repent for being on that same track all this time and then blaming God that you're still on that same track. Can I get an amen? What does repentance means? God, I was wrong. I was wrong about you. I was wrong about who you are and how you do things. I was totally wrong. And I'm sitting here running on this race where Satan is being the author and the finisher of all the fear. Where he's ordering my steps. Where he's ordering what's going to happen to me. I didn't glorify you at that at all. I'm still there condemned and poor me. And blaming you. Forgive me. Forgive me. And you should mean it. Because look what he did. So you could be born again, have God's spirit in you, have authority in you. And yeah, it's a little bit interesting when your flesh has to start dying and you got to crucify it and you got to take up the sword of the spirit and, and actually mean it and actually Cast out some demons and actually take authority and lay hands on your own children and pray for them and pray for your spouse and believe it and rise up in Christ and get off the stupid race and get in the real race. Eyes on Jesus, not on what the devil's doing. Eyes on Jesus, not on how many times you've tried. If you're trying, you're in the wrong race. If you're doing, you're in the kingdom. Amen? Amen? Well, this is good. So, some, so, as you learn to help people and to minister to people, even people you love dearly, amen. So, you know, sometimes people can be running the right race and then a circumstance comes along or something where God's like cheering them up. their heaven's Like, come on, you can do this. Jesus's is like, come on, you know how to do this. You've heard how to do this. You, I, I'm with you. Spirit lives in you. Come on. Some, some people get off the real race and go off this little race for a while. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know how. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just being honest. How it looks, okay? Can I get an amen? amen. The good part is, at any point, wah, 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 I don't want to do this race. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> any point, you can say, "Oh God, forgive me, forgive me. I repent. You're faithful even when I haven't been. You're amazing." I asked you to make me into your likeness. I asked for your power. I asked to become all that you want me to be. I want it to die to self. I, I, you've even blessed me. Some of, you. some of you get blessings and prayers answered. And then, <laughs> and then because God's going to use every single thing in our lives to make us into his likeness. Amen. Amen. Well, God, God doesn't cause the demons in people. But he gave us authority to cast them out. So he doesn't automatically take them out. Because you're in the picture now. Even out of you. Can I get an amen? It's time to rise up and run the race. Don't do it with fear. Let me see. If, if it hasn't worked, it's because you're not in the right race. So, so just repent and let go of that race. And when Satan tries to remind you of that race, put him under your feet. Say, no, those weights, they're gone now. That sin that's entangled, it's gone. Amen? I'm running this thing. Am I saying it's going to be fun? He doesn't say you're going to have a fun time. He says you're going to be crucified daily. What's, what's the fun part about it? Seeing him, getting to know him, entering into his kingdom, moving into the things of God, getting powerful in God. Amen? Being prepared to be his bride. He, he is the rewarder and he's the reward of those who diligently seek him. All these are spiritual laws. All these are spiritual truths. And, and he's going to barf <laughs> the lukewarm out of his mouth. How many would like to skip that? Amen. So get in the right race. I don't want to be barfed out of the mouth of God. That does, not, that does not sound good. It really sounds pretty bad. Amen. And he promises that's what he's going to do. To those who are lukewarm. Be there to help people get on fire for God. If you start to see them being vomited out of the mouth of the Lord. How many know we're in those seasons? We're in the season. Really big time of the book of Revelations. Amen. All right. I'm got to finish up this. All right. Consider him, Christ, who has endured. Okay, everybody get this for real. Listen, listen, listen. This is to help you to get out of your pity party. This is to help you to not get on that wrong track ever again. This is to help you that when you leave here, you are running the correct race. Amen? Okay. Yay! Consider him, Christ, who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. Oh my gosh, this is good. All right, ready? Let's get this. This is a truth. This is a spiritual law. Consider Jesus, what he went through because of hostile, mean sinners that came against him when he was there to save them. Consider what he went through. If you consider what he went through for you, if you consider what he went through for your mama and your daddy and your children and people that you love to get saved, when you consider what he went through, then you will not grow weary in your souls and lose heart. In other words, it will not be about you. It'll be about him. Lord, thank you. Lord, the same spirit that Had you endure the cross, the same spirit that got you through so much hatred and criticism and judgments, the same spirit that kept you fully, fully in love with the human race, the same spirit that kept you completely united with the Father. That same spirit lives in me. That same Holy Spirit lives in me. The same Holy Spirit that made you victorious. Because you said yes to everything he said, you only did what you saw the Father doing. That's going to be how I'm going to run this race. And how many know you got to mean it? How many know that means sometimes? You're going to okay, It doesn't mean fake, amen? It means watch what you say and how you say it. And when you have a hard time saying it, Have God help you with your attitude where Satan has gotten in to try to get you all out of the race. Amen? There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, all right? Can we all just pat ourselves on the back and go, okay, okay. Thank you, Lord. Amen? Amen? If you have condemnation right now, you are on the wrong track. If you have joy and hope, like, oh, this is good news. This is good news. I see where I was kind of running the wrong way, and it's not gonna keep doing this. It's not gonna be for the rest of my life that I'm gonna be running this and waiting till they grow up and all this stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? Also saying, like, oh wait, today everything changes. Today I get in the right race. Today, tomorrow is not going to be like yesterday, because yesterday I was on the wrong track. Today, I'm on the right track. Everything has changed. I'm now running in the kingdom. I'm now looking at the king. I'm now getting his purpose for my life. I'm now being made into his likeness. I'm now recognizing the... So what is the joy set before me to stay in this race? Well, the joy set before me is the one I'm supposed to be looking at. But even um, awesome is he's the author and finisher of all this. I get to know him. I get to be his bride. I get to look at him. I get to fellowship with him. But as I run this race, the promises he's given me for my family are yes and amen. Amen? The promises he's given me are yes. I'm not going to run over there where they're like, I don't know. Maybe they'll make it. Maybe they'll get free. Where there's no power, people. Quit acting like the devil is mm, when you run in this pitiful race over here. (laughs) Satan looks so big because you're looking at him. When you're on condemnation and growing weary, all this stuff, it's because you're, you're not looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. You've grown weary because you forgot what God has done for us. You forgot what this is really about. You forgot that you're in this because he is making you into his likeness and image. And you're going to get to that place of authority. Amen. Hey you're going to begin to walk in those things. You're going to begin to watch those sicknesses bow their knee. Not just because you go to somebody else's meeting, but because God lives in you. Amen? And I just want to say this. As you are training people, and God's letting you mentor people, and God's bringing people for you to minister to, your focus needs to be Jesus, but your desire needs to be that they see him, that they connect to him, that the church isn't always the church is sick, and they're all writing up to all the altar calls, and once in a while somebody gets healed. Won't it be awesome when the day comes... That when the altar calls are filled with people who don't know Christ getting healed in miracles and actually the church is healed? Free? Amen? But as long as we have our eyes on anything but Jesus, that's not going to happen. Amen? But how many know it really will happen as we run this race? As we run this race. All right. In struggling against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of bloodshed. Have you forgotten the warning addressed to you as sons? All right. We have a warning. Get this. We have a warning addressed to us as the, the sons and daughters of God. Isn't that cool? Wait a minute. We have a warning from God to us as his born again children. And he says, my son... Do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord, or lose heart when you are corrected by Him. Because the Lord Adonai disciplines the ones He lo- the one He loves, and punishes every son He accepts. It is for discipline that you endure. Then God is treating you as sons. For what son does a father not discipline? Do you see why the devil doesn't want you to be able to discipline? Do you see why the devil wants you to be an enabler? Do you see why the devil wants you to keep making up excuses for everybody and everything and keep it going? Then if you didn't ruin your kids, then or you ruined your kids, now jump on your grandkids and let's we'll see if you can make them dependent on you. Give me an amen. Give me a oh no. <laughs> Give me not no, please, God. Amen. God is a God. I don't care what anybody pre- It is good when a parent loves their child enough to discipline them. It is wrong when you hurt them because you're angry. It is wrong when you put evil on your child because you don't have the grace of God to have patience. You don't have the grace of God. You're overworked. You're not spending time with God. You have anger issues. That's not discipline. How many know God does not have any anger issues? But he disciplines us. Amen? He disciplines us on purpose in this race. He's right here talking about the race, right? He disciplines us so that we let go of sin, so that we let go of heavy weights, so that we look to him. He disciplines us. And actually, if you're going to minister, and if you're in a true church that knows anything about God in the ministry for real, there should be some godly discipline, So wait till next Tuesday. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Because we need that. We need somebody who hears God and loves God enough to say, this has got to stop. We're not doing this. This is not how we do with this. It's dangerous to not discipline. In love, led by God, all true discipline only is concerned with the person's well-being that you're disciplining plus the others that that person effects. Amen? So if you're disciplining your children, it should be to help your children. But if there's more people in that family than just your child, it's also to help those people. Amen? So a father may need to discipline their child so that they respect the mom. And the mom May need to discipline her child so that they don't undermine the father. And grandparents need to honor the mother and the father of those children and be the grandparent, not the parent. Amen. What is undermining? Under my you don't have to do what your mother says. Now let me see this: when they're in your house as your grandchild, you, you've got the authority. Then it's like, well, I know you, and I'm saying, I know you don't like them to eat cookies at your house, but I really don't have a problem with them eating a few cookies at my house, and there's no way I can give some of my grandkids cookies and not all my grandkids' cookies. So you know, they'll be OK to have a cookie at my house. If, if that's what you want to do as a grandmother, do you understand know what I'm saying? And then reasonable parents won't get into a power struggle and say, well, I'm not bringing them over then. Then you're just hurting your child. And so God wants these power struggles to stop. Now, yeah, if the kid comes over and they drink five Cokes and two bags of chips and 14 boxes of cookies and go home sick and and they're getting, you know, having weight issues, then somebody's got an issue and grandma needs to quit trying to make the kids unhealthy. Can I get an amen? But if grandma wants to sit down, watch a nice Christian movie with the kids and bring out popcorn and and, uh, whatever, something to drink, not, of course, not alcoholic, but you know, like, okay, when they're at my house, we're okay with a soda or whatever, once in a while. Do you understand? They have a right to, to have the grandkids want to go there and have a good time. We got to stop this power struggle and see what love does. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to become mature to recognize you should want your children to have a great relationship with their grandparents. But it shouldn't be the relationship they have with their parents. Amen? All right. That was just extra. You don't have to pay more in the offering or anything tonight. It is for discipline that you endure. What does that mean? Y'all ready for this? It means... Some of these trials last a while. And you are learning to be disciplined. You are learning how to have self-control. You're learning how to trust God. You're learning how to let go and let God be completely in charge. Amen? Now he says, God is treating you as sons. For what son does a father not discipline? How sad is that that there's so many fathers who do not discipline their sons? How sad is it so many fathers aren't in the homes? How sad is it Satan has got so many even Christian fathers full of anger issues? Do you see how far the church is from the early church? We need, we need to get this stuff right in our houses, people. People. That's why the Bible is so clear. Until you have the stuff right in your house, you shouldn't be elders. Until you get the stuff right in your house, you, you, you don't have the understanding and what it takes to walk in this. Amen? Amen? All right. He says, but if you are without discipline, something all have come to share, then you are illegitimate and not sons. All right. What does that mean? If you don't have conviction of God in your life, if you're not being led to repent of things in your life, if you're not finding yourself in situations where God is, is dealing with you, you're not born again. Does everybody get that? You're not born again. Well, everybody in this room is going to say, well, I know I'm born again then. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. But, but you have to begin to see he loves you. If you had a father who abused you or mother who abused you, then you may not understand that God does this because he loves you. And you need to get some of the teaching that we have once again online to get free from not understanding who God is. The fear of the Lord is a reverence of him and a revelation. He's, he's helping you. He's out to help you, save you, not hurt you. But if you had abuse as a father, you might see God completely wrong. And you need to break through that. Amen. You need to ask Holy Spirit, help me to see the father for who he is. And, and that's really big in our culture, right? That's really big in, in the American culture. And the enemy would like to make that bigger. Look at the mess he's pulling now. I mean, you can't, they, they want you to not even be able to say, who is a mother? Who is a father? you know. It's, it, what the devil's doing now is so much to Stop. Anyone from being able to grab onto who God is and walk with him. And we need to fight it with truth. Amen. We need to fight it with truth and love. And we need to make sure that we don't bow a knee to the ridiculous things Satan is up to. Beyond anything I've ever heard of in history anywhere. The things they're trying to do now with control to take away from our creator. Amen. We need to push back on what the enemy's up to. Amen. All right. Besides, we're used to having human fathers as instructors and we respected them. All right, let me see this. How far are we from this? Satan has done everything to make us not respect human fathers. Okay, let me tell you something about respect. Okay, you're going to love this. I didn't know I was doing a parenting class tonight. Respect is not something you earn. When God says to honor and to respect It's the position they hold in the mind of God. Remember, the word of God is just for believers, okay? Does everybody get that? Otherwise, it's legalism that brings death. So when God says, I want you to honor your mother and your father to have long life on the earth. What he said, I want you to honor who I made mothers to be, who I made fathers to be. I want you to honor that. I want you to, wives are to respect their husbands. Why? Because they represent um, the, the bridegroom in the situation between the bride and the bride. So he, the lie is that we have to earn my respect. He doesn't tell us that. He doesn't tell us that. So we have to die to that lie. We have to say, okay, maybe, maybe what the devil's done in their lives, the last thing you would do without Christ is to respect them. Right? But we have Christ. So we look at it different. We look at it as, Lord, let's just say, let's say if I had an awesome father, but let's say you had a terrible father he wasn't there. Lord, I choose to respect my father because he is, suppo- if he would know you, if he would be free and healed, he would reveal your, your discipline he would, to, to, to children. He would reveal a godly discipline. He would have cared enough about me to make sure that I knew the ways of God. He would have done those things. So God, I respect your idea of father and I forgive where my father wasn't able to do that because of what the enemy's done. Lord, I forgive my father, but I respect your idea of fatherhood. I respect your idea of motherhood. Wives, we are to respect God's idea of the marriage. See why the devil goes after this? Let me destroy family. Let me destroy these Christian values and traditions. Let me show where they've been abusive. They're not abusive if you get this thing into the spirit realm. Amen? Amen? So just because a demonized person did what Satan wanted, it doesn't change God's idea. And if we change God's idea, we're going to feed this perversion of gender, this perversion of marriage, these things that are perverted against the will of God. Amen? Whew. Whoa. See, it's our lack of respecting and honoring what God commands us to respect and honor that is causing people... To dishonor and it's the things of God, and therefore it's being allowed in our government, and it's been abused and misunderstood in the church. Do I get an amen? So when God tells me to do something, He's going to give me the grace to do it, and I can separate the spirit that made that person. Not what God would want them to be. At the same time, I can honor and teach my children to honor what a godly father should be like. What a godly mother should be like. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get it? So when the enemy attacks these very important things, he's doing it on purpose. To cause us not to be able to run this race. To cause us to be rebellious. I'm out the door. She said something mean to me. I'm out the door because I don't like how they do that. And everybody's running everywhere. Just like everybody out there disrespecting their families. Amen. You should, you should, the Bible says you should give double honor to someone who preaches the word of God. For real. I should get double honor around here. I should. I should get double honor. Not people whispered about me over here and murmuring about me over here and all this. Y'all can do whatever you want, but you're hurting yourselves. I'm divinely protected. Amen. But one day you're going to find out and it may be before the Lord. And I'm not talking to the people here tonight, but you were supposed to double out of me, not take a group of people and walk out the door mad. Amen. He tells you to double, give double honor to someone who preaches the word of God. I don't care what you don't like about me. I preach the word of God and I preach it in the anointing and I preach it with the heart of God. So I get double honor whether you want to give it to me or not. If you don't give it to me, it's going to affect you, not me. And so let me just say that to the leaders. Don't make people honor you. Parents, don't let me see this, have your children respect and honor when they're young and you train them up. Amen. But you don't force people to do what only God's word can instruct them to do. And when they don't do it, they're rebellious. Ho! So people who walk out of here or walk out of any church, not if Holy Spirit leads them out. Amen. But if they don't give the double honor because somebody's correcting them and doing it the way God says to do it, even if they're not perfect at it, amen, you have taken yourself into rebellion. We got a ton of rebellious people running everywhere from place to place. And yes, there are people who are controlling in churches, but why did you go there? Amen. God is going to shake everything that can be shaken, and he's going to put his church back together the way it's supposed to be. Amen. He, he knows how to handle things. And so our part is, okay, I'm going to do double honor because he says so. And I'm not saying you have to do anything special. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. A heart that double honors, somebody who preaches the word, isn't going to go out of here murmuring and coming in agreement with witchcraft. Well, I don't know. She shouldn't have done that. You know, did you hear how she shouldn't have done that? And if there's something I shouldn't have done for real, the Bible says, if you're offended, come and tell me about it. Amen. If I need to repent. Y'all have never. I haven't heard any of y'all repent. As much as you've heard me repent. Amen. Well she tells people stuff. I tell my stuff. Because there's no shame. When people have all these secrets. When you have secrets. Then you got somebody who knows something about you. And now you got a bondage and and an entanglement. To be honest. It's are you speaking in love or are you shaming somebody? And I know God has set me free from shaming people because I was brought up with being shamed. And then I realized this isn't the way God wants to do this. Amen. But how many know we're all in this thing together? Amen. If y'all think leaders are way up there acting like God, let's be real. But he's doing that work. And he's going to use us right where we're at if he's called us and anointed us to have other people imitate us or follow. Go after God the way I go after God. Let God set you free the way he sets me free. Let him bring you to repentance the way he let him get you hungry for the word. Amen. That's the whole idea of it. That's the whole idea of it. All right. I know. Gosh, guys, we got to get, it, get it out of here. All right. <sighs> Still, we not... We not much more be. How much more should we be subject to the Father of our spirits and live? Indeed, for a short time they disciplined us as seemed best to them. But He does. But the Lord does so for our benefit, so that we may. Okay, get this. Mm, Get this. Get this. Get this. Get this. When people say you're holy because He's holy, that's not what this says. I'm telling you what it says. I am not preaching wrong. This is what people need to understand. You're not holy because you got saved. You're righteous when you're right where God wants you to be. But holiness is as he gets the evil out of you. And it says right here. It says it right here. He disciplines us for our benefit. What's the benefit? So that we may share in his holiness. What does it mean? It means the area he disciplines you is an area where you still have sin or bondage or something there and he's going to discipline you. He's going to deal with you so that you can get it out. Why? So you can share in his holiness. So when you, people say, well, you know, since you're born again, you're holy. That's not true. If those are words out in scripture. Take them right here. All do, Okay, ready for this? I'm just going to finish. If you have to go, that's fine. I know people have school and all. Now, all discipline seems painful at the moment. All right. If God's disciplining you, you'll know it because it seems painful at the moment. Some of y'all shaking your hands like, it's painful right now. I'm being disciplined. Amen. Say, every time you seem to preach, I seem to get that little painful thing. That's not me. That's Holy Spirit, amen? That's Holy Spirit giving you a good talking tool, showing you his word. Why? Because he loves you. He wants you to be like Christ. He wants you to do this thing right, amen? amen. It's true, you guys, it's true. Okay, it's not itchy or preaching, it's the word of God. I just preach from the word. Y'all know I'm just reading it, amen? But I'm reading it in the anointing with the revelation because God wants to wake you up. He says, now get this. Okay, sickness is not discipline from the Lord, all right? All right, discipline from the Lord is what some of you are experiencing right now. It's like, oh, I need to repent. Oh, I did do that. Oh, I'm so sorry, God. Okay, that's discipline from the Lord. So get this straight. Discipline from the Lord is not you going through something bad. You going through something bad is because Satan owns something in you and he's cashing in on it. Let me go further. If you would embrace the discipline of the Lord, God will keep you from most of that. Amen? There's a difference between discipline that comes from God to protect you. Example. As a parent. Okay. As a parent. You don't walk along, you know, you're walking along the street and cars are going by. You don't throw your kid in front of traffic so they get right over so you can then tell them you should never jump in front of cars. act like that's what happened. you got cancer God's God's not disciplining you because you got cancer he was trying to correct you and give you right doctrine and teach you how to fight it and show you what to do so you wouldn't have the cancer amen so discipline from God is him instructing you him convicting you him him trying to stop the bad from happening amen Amen? With giving you real preaching, not itchy ear preaching. Amen? And that way, he, he's, not, he's trying to stop you from being in front of the car. Okay, get this stuff right. Because there is teaching that's confused this. Well, I just went through this. I was No, the discipline of the Lord is his word convicting you. The discipline of the Lord is, is the Lord trying to prevent bad things from happening. He's trying to show you you can't act like that. He's trying to show... Mm, So so let's say that that something's preached and you don't like it. Everybody thinks that's me. Well, it probably was you or you wouldn't be thinking that. Amen? But it's probably not just you. All right? And then you get all huffy and, and off you go and you're talking. You're so mad. God was just disciplining you with his word. So that you would deal with that rebellion or you would deal with that hurt place so that Satan can't later, not God, Satan can't later bring sickness there or heart attacks there or diabetes or whatever it is. Amen? Do you get what I'm saying? God's discipline is just like a true loving parents discipline. It's to teach you to not have to go through something. It's not making you go through something to teach you something. Does everybody get that? And we need to be those kind of parents and, and where we can help as grandparents. We need to be teaching them what, why God made them male and female. So we need to be, mm, we need to be teaching the things of God instead of always on the defensive. We should be, we should be the ones who are offensive. <laughs> And we should be the ones, our kids need to go into school. If they go to public school, they need to go in there knowing. And they need to know. You may have to teach them some wisdom. Like, you know, you, they, they don't believe, right? Because they don't believe in God. So you don't need to get argued, arguing arguing with them. But just know, we know God's true. His word is yes and amen. And then when they're sitting there saying stupid stuff, your kid's going to be sitting there going, they don't know God, they're stupid, you know, But but... But wisdom would tell them, unless they got a prophet gifting and God's going to let them get in their faces, wisdom would say, Well, don't fail the class. Now, if they make you renounce God or something, yeah. But how many, you don't have to leave your job huffy. You can actually sit there with a knowing, Well, they just don't know God. So, Lord, how do you want to handle this? I told you when I went into NIH and I'm walking in there, National Institute of Health and Research. And Holy Spirit says, (laughs) the Lord says, don't tell them you know me. He's never told me that. So God would never say that. Yes, he did say that. I didn't know that they would take your rights. I didn't know that they would think you were a, um, whatever they call us, uh, um, a religious fanatic. Thank you. And that this person needs their right. So we got to quit being so stupid people. God's not. God has wisdom. God has wisdom to promote us even in captivity. How? And we need to be learning that right now. Instead of everybody losing their jobs and losing everything else, we need to get off of our high horse. Yes, God will call certain people to the fight. Right now he's calling Michael Lindell to a fight and we need to pray for him and believe for him to win this thing in the power of God. Amen. But he's not calling everybody to a fight. It's pride that calls you to a fight God's not calling you to. God allowed a lot of people in the old covenant to go in captivity. And have to submit to that mess. Amen. And so we have, Lord, give me wisdom for this. But let me tell you what, you should have so much influence on your children. And you need to make time for that. And you need to start when they're young. So that no one will ever convince them. That God is, doesn't know what he's doing and makes mistakes. See, the thing is, we need to teach the truth in love. And we need to not teach it in fear. We need to not teach it all these weapons God's taking out of our arsenals that were from the enemy. Amen? We need to trust the Holy Spirit to convict our kids. We need to begin to trust the Holy Spirit knows how to convict them. I don't have to try to scare them. Amen? But I just speak the truth in love. I just speak the truth in love. I just speak the truth in love. Don't speak the truth in anything else or it's a weapon that backfires. I know I'm preaching good tonight. I'm telling you. Y'all went at Parenting 101. Here we go. All right. All true discipline seems painful at the moment. Not joyful. Okay. But later. Y'all ready for the later? Later. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God wants us to be trained by godly discipline. He wants our children to know that's wrong. It doesn't matter; if everybody else is doing it. I've been trained by godly discipline. Holy Spirit can convict me that this is wrong. I, I can think of situations. I'm not going. I think of a situation that was super life and death. And somebody was about to do something so wrong because they were so hurt and Satan was pushing every button he had and that person knew enough to stop what they were about to do to call and get godly counsel in the middle of a crisis that probably could stop them from going to prison and definitely stop somebody else from being hurt really bad. Did they fail to have to call? No. No. No, they knew, I can't, I need help. The last thing they need is to call us as ministers and have us sit there lecturing them about, well, this is really bad. You should, you know, right then and there, they need you to hear God and help them and pray and bind up and do what needs to be done so they don't cross a line. See, you know people, you know your children really respect you and who you are in Christ. And I know people respect me as a minister when they call me in the midst of the mess and they know I'm not going to sit there and beat them up and judge them, I might whop them later in love, but I'm telling you what, in that moment, I'm helping them not fall deeper. And I remember we had a guy who was um, always struggling with the drug stuff. And so I, I, he, he couldn't get a cell phone. And God had me give them a cell phone. Well, you're we helping them do drug deals. No, they were going to do drug deals no matter what. I was back with... The, the phone kept them connected to the ministry. Because the deal was, if you want this phone, you have to answer it every single time I call. They told me later, you called me every single time I was about to shoot up. You called me every single time I was about to make, get some drugs. It was so irritating. But I knew I'd lose everything if I lost this phone because they were so bound to the drugs at the same time and that person though they went through a lot of hard things they died saved they're in heaven they're cheering them they're cheering us on right now I can even I see it in the spirit how they're like excitedly cheering us on right now amen it's a real kingdom, people. It's a real kingdom. There's real discipline. There's real wisdom. And we've got to get our self-righteousness out of the way and our Pharisee spirit to think we know how to do things and get the wisdom from God. We need wisdom from God. We need to ask God first, how do I do this? He promises to give wisdom to anyone who asks. All right. I think we're done. Um, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Make straight paths for your feet, so what is lame will not be pulled out of joint, but rather healed. Pursue peace with everyone and the holiness with with which no one will see the Lord. See that no one falls short of the grace of God, and see to it. Here we go. Whew, that in what you're going through, make sure in this this race. Remember, all this is about the race. Make sure in this race that no bitter root springs up and causes trouble and many be defiled. Anyway, I'm not going to keep going because, you know, I could preach this on and on. But isn't that powerful that all that is in the understanding of the race? And we didn't even get to the other scripture about the race. The other scripture is about run this race to win. Don't just be beaten in the air and not knowing what you're doing. But run this race to win. Amen? Father, we just thank you for your word. Gosh, I love your word. I'm thankful I don't have to choose your presence or your word. I thank you for the two are really one. Jesus Christ, you are the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. Your word is you. Your word is revealing you, your heart and the anointing of God is on your word and your word goes forth and Lord, it cuts apart the soulish areas and it brings forth those things in the spirit, Lord God and Father, your word is so powerful. God, I pray right now that this word that has been released tonight will bust through every single thing Satan has placed in people's hearts to keep them in bondage. God, that they'd have ears to hear and eyes to see and Lord God, they would get off of that around and around and around wilderness track and jump onto the race that you've set before them. Lord, this would be a new day for many people. Lord, thank you that we are not by your, led by your spirit. We will not help people and enable people to run a race <laughs> that's not your race. That we will not have people look to us, but we'll have them look to you. And watch their faith grow and be perfected. Lord, help us. Help those as parents, Lord, to discipline the way you intended it. And help leaders, Lord God, and those who are going to have any position and authority in ministry, God, to use godly discipline led by your Spirit to help people and only to help them, Lord God. To avoid what Satan is trying to do, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at BeautyForAshes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty For Ashes Ministry. We love to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic God bless you